Today on The Rickshaw Live, we're talking to Ryan Fort, probably the first guitarist of the jazz genre on the rolling soundstage. The Rickshaw Live is a pedal-powered live performance soundstage that specializes in launching close contact between music makers and a crowd, sometimes from a street, plaza, or sidewalk, or here from the Podmosphere, where we chat with the makers. Come join us as we roll with it. Welcome, Ryan Fort, to the Rickshaw Live podcast. Hey, Tim, it's good to see you. It's good to be with you. I'm looking forward to this. This is uh, kind of interesting. I was looking back over the old pictures and video of the early days of the Rickshaw Live, and it was really the era where we started rolling with Ricky, the original little Rickshaw. And uh, I, I don't know if you actually ever got to play on Ricky's Big Sister Rhoda, but uh, Ricky was kind of, no offense to her, a bit rickety. And... Uh, <laughs> I have to say, I'm looking at some of the videos of those rollarounds, and we had you belted to one of the uprights on the front mm -hmm. of the stage, so to speak, a two-person stage, and uh, and you played, and you rolled with it. You did it. I did. I rolled with it. Uh, yeah, I remember being strapped in, so I appreciated your, uh, your awareness of the safety first. Um, so... Man, those were some fantastic memories. Hopefully we get to get out there again and do that soon. Uh, is the rickshaw, are you guys doing it again? Or is, is it something you're going to bring into the summer and spring season coming up? It is. And uh, okay. no, so I, I don't know did, if you, you ever were on the big rickshaw. Did you get to be on Rhoda before? I, I, I played on Rhoda. Okay. Uh, yes, I remember that well. Rhoda was a lot more comfortable and less rickety yes. so Rhoda was awesome well yeah. and the, and I think I played on it maybe once or twice and the thing about Rhoda is Rhoda has a really state-of-the-art uh kind of mixing system and power and instrumentation and and this whole pandemic experience has given me some additional competence in streaming so uh, one thing I want to take to the streets in 2021 is I want to take three GoPros on booms and uh, we'll use an ATEM Mini and we'll uh, grab the live video during sh live shows. We'll grab the raw audio off the Behringer and feed it into a MacBook Air on board connected to a, a cellular modem. And we will stream the shows live while we roll. That's amazing. Yeah. Now in this age, man, you got to do it. Like that's the way the wind's blowing these days. So yeah. I, I, wonderful idea, Tim. I like it. I'm on board, baby. One other thing that, that I learned is one of the guys that played on Ricky in the earliest stages was a guy by the name of Brad Kolarik and he's in Pasadena and he's got a, a kind of a gig out there in uh, South Pass that uh, they put together a FM transmitter to play a show to cars that were sort of gathered around a stage in observance of the pandemic separation right. thing. And Almost like um, a drive-in movie Exactly. Yeah. And, and what he taught me is that the range of that non 
FCC um, licensed transmitter is appreciable. And so this gave me some ideas about actually having my my musicians aboard Rhoda play with a band that is in the vicinity of Rhoda and not and not face the zero the right. the latencies the audio latency issues wow. that we would face with internet so you could at least hear each other you might not be able to see each other in real time but you could yeah, hear that's each other wild man that is wild <laughs> you've always you're always scheming up ideas for us aren't you well it's just you know the technology invites me to think of these things yeah, and then of and then i can't leave it alone it's just it's 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 what started the whole thing so yeah man so, uh, Ryan, uh, the pandemic has certainly upset and challenged a lot of things about the musical community and really has disturbed the live performance scene dramatically. Tell me about how that's affected you and, and how you've dealt with it. Well, so at first, I mean, none of us knew how long it was going to last, um, you know, it was like two weeks to slow the spread and then two weeks turned into a month and a month turned into two months and it kept going. And, um, you know, I remember uh, I was teaching at the University of Wyoming and we went on complete shutdown like mid-March. The president of the university said, everyone go home. We're switching to online. So uh, my gigs obviously dried up as well, which I, I run uh, I'm, I run the music at Jay's Bistro in Fort Collins. So we had to shut down. And uh, I, I, all my family's back in Arkansas, and I just said, I'm going to go home. So I went to go stay with my parents. Uh, I was able to work from home um, and kind of get away from everything and just kind of hunker down. And I, I really was, I was good with it at first. I was like, it's nice to have a break. I had been doing the grind of gigging and performing basically the last 20 years. And I wouldn't say I was burnt out, but I definitely was like, man, it's really nice just to have, I, I, I couldn't remember the last time I had had a weekend off. Wow. Like musicians work on the weekends and it was nice to have a weekend where I was like, I'm going to go golfing, whatever, or just like have a barbecue with my parents or, you know, just all the things I was doing, you know, all these things safely, obviously. But, uh, that was really nice. And then after about a month, I was like, okay, I miss performing. I miss playing. Um, and I, I was just ready to get back. But obviously, uh, there were other <laughs> factors dictating that that was not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, and then my two musical compatriots, uh, two people that I'd been playing with night in and night out at Jay's Bistro, uh, we had really developed a rapport. Uh, they had both informed me. This was around probably in May or maybe early June. They said uh, Hiroki Kitasawa was, was my drummer, and then David Baker was my bassist at Jay's. And they, Hiroki said, I'm moving to Dallas. And I was like, crap, dang, I'm going to miss you, man. David got a job at a, a university teaching in Utah. I, I can never remember the name of the university. It has a weird, weird name. So they were both moving away and we had always said we were going to record a record and I knew we needed to strike while the iron was hot. And so as the pandemic kind of went along, we're in May and June, I was starting to get a little bit depressed. I was, I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I was just, 
I wouldn't say I was I was lazy. I was still exercising and, and doing things, but I really didn't realize how much <coughs> I missed. Per- Hold on one second. <coughs> Excuse me. How much I missed performing. And then when David and uh, Hiroki told me they were moving, I said, guys, we got to go into the studio before uh, you guys leave town. So that was really a blessing because it kind of forced our hand to start working on a project. So I started arranging music. We had a lot of things already worked out because we had been playing so much at Jay's. But here's the thing, Tim. We hadn't played together in, let's see, March, April, May, June, what, four months or so? Wow. So we we were, I wouldn't say we were rusty, but we were concerned that we were going to be rusty. So I hightailed it back to Colorado where they were, and we started rehearsing in uh, uh, mid-June. And we booked a studio date at Mighty Fine Studios in Denver for like mid-July. It was like right after the 4th of July. And um, we went into the studio and we recorded all these tracks. And it turned out really, really well. The band, it was like we hadn't missed a beat. Um, we get along really well musically and our rapport is good. And it, it kind of helped get me out of my funk just to be in the studio with the guys, to be playing music. We didn't have a live audience but it was still just great to be with the guys. And I think, I don't know, this album, when it, when it releases, it's unreleased now. We're working on all the, uh, you know, graphic design and, you know, that kind of stuff, distribution and pressing and all those types of things. But um, I, this is an album, like, you know, when I get into my latter years and I look at my discography, I'm always going to remember this record as being the pandemic record that yeah. we, like, made during the pandemic. <laughs> I think there's a certain energy to it, and um, and it also just documented um, our our tenure at Jay's playing together for like the better part of a year and a half. So really excited to get it out there. But uh, to 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 kind of summarize the 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 year 2020 for me as a musician had a lot of ups and downs, a lot of peaks and valleys, but uh, made it through, and I'm kind of back to work again a little bit. And things are going pretty well now, but it was not always easy. No, it's, and it's a that's a common theme that I'm picking up from everybody that has really had to struggle through it and and kind of uh, you know adapt, innovate, and remain hopeful ultimately. Sure. Should we just listen to this uh, track that I have queued up here, and we can talk more about that album production because it's it is so interesting that it's it is based in the pandemic energy cloud, if you will. And, sure. uh, yeah. and so, I mean, I think it is so interesting historically, as you think back on this, let's have a listen. Thank you. 
I miss the sounds of Ryan Fort on the guitar. <laughs> Takes me back to the days of Ace Gillette's and uh, listening oh, yeah. to you and your buds down there, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's it's good to be starting to play live music again, and um, you know, it's whew. yeah. I, with the first gig back, uh, I uh, the owner of Jay's called me and it's like, hey. Uh, it was like early February. He's like, we want to, we want to start things back up. Things are kind of slowly getting back to normal. Wear your mask, have your bandmates wear your mask, but we're going to start music back up. That first gig back, it, it felt, I don't even know how to describe it. It felt so good to play live for an audience again after basically a year. So it's good to be getting back into it, Tim. Man, there's got to be some un, some some caged up demand from the aficionados to consume some live performance music. Yeah, we, we, one thing I'll tell you on that, you know, we obviously get paid by the venues we play, but we always put a tip jar out because you never know people throw, throw some money in there and it's gas money or grocery money and it, it doesn't hurt nothing. But you know, like historically you're not going to walk out of a gig with a whole lot of money like in, in terms of tips, I could not believe the generosity of the patrons those first few weeks back. So people were sticking hundred dollar bills in the tip jar. And here's the thing they knew in particular, and I'm not singling musicians out because everybody's had their own struggles, but they knew in particular musicians have and restaurant owners included as well. A lot of people, but we had lost so much work and I knew people were intentionally being so generous with that and we would sometimes walk out each musician with an extra hundred dollars in tips on a friday night that those first couple weeks back and um i i don't know i'm like i'm almost in tears thinking about it because if you watch the news tim you think the world was going to hell in a handbasket but there are still good people out there who are generous and care and it's just about where you put your energy and your focus. Yes, there's bad things going on in the world. That's not to, not to deny that, but there are good people too who are willing to help help others. So very generous. And I think they were also just excited to hear live music. They're like, man, here's a hundred bucks. Like you guys sound awesome. This is so cool. But I think part of it too was the generosity and understanding. They knew we hadn't played a gig in a year. So very thankful for that. It is my contention that what you're dispensing from deep inside where that, uh, where that music comes from is actually some kind of healing compound that uh, is not in a pill or a liquid form and that actually people need it. And, uh, and yep. they have really needed it in the last year and they really need some more of it, a lot more of it now. And the, the thing that I've noticed on the rickshaw when people play is... I get to like stand back and watch the uh, the soothing the reaction. Yeah, the soothing effect of it hit them. But the thing is, it's not it's not one sided. I, I love it when the rickshaw like comes to stop and and people will walk around it and watch the music makers make the sounds with their fingers and their lips, and they can get close and they uh, and they see that. And they're so fascinated by it. And at the same time, what I really love about it is 
you guys making the music are reacting to them and their proximity in a unique way as well. Because I think in general, you're not that close to, you know, people that are like taking it in. And uh, it's been so interesting to like see the smiles and the eye contact and uh, and the interaction. It's, uh, I think it's healing for the people that are taking it in, but it must be healing for you, the maker as well. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's, it's a, it's a symbiotic thing. I, I, it's, it's good for, for both sides, both the listeners and enjoyers and also the performers, because we wouldn't have performances if it wasn't for people that enjoyed what we did and vice versa. Well, back to the rickshaw thing. I, I have to give you a lot of credit because I was, as I was kind of getting ready for the pod with you thinking about oh, what to talk about, I was like, I hope I get a chance to say this, but you know, what you did in Fort Collins when you launched that, I didn't even know what a rickshaw was. Like Matt Smiley was like trying to explain it to me. I'm like, what, what are we doing again? We're, we're on like a, a wagon. I, I don't, and then I, once I like played on it, I got it. And, um, but what you have done when we were at, in the peak of doing those performances around Old Town Fort Collins and you, you brought magic to the community. That's that's magical. Like just to have something float by you while you're sitting on a patio drinking a beer. You've got your kids with you, and they they go up to the rail and they're looking around and seeing what's going on. They hear they might hear something. It's almost like a, an ice cream truck in the distance coming up, and you get excited. It's like oh, there's ice cream coming. But in this case, it was just really good music. And but you did that. Like that was your brain brainchild, if that's the right expression. And you brought magic to the community. And I have to give you credit for that because we need a little bit more magic in this world and, and, and just sheer joy, you know? Oh, that's, that, that is the prime objective of the Rickshaw Live is that joy factor. Um, and really, the, the great thing is to, I mean, I love walking on the sidewalk with people and see their reaction as they, as they first hear the noise, the, the music in the distance and the they noise. you know they don't know what it is exactly because you know it's kind of they're outside and they're on the sidewalk and it's getting louder and they're then they're starting to kind of pick up the articulation of the instruments and maybe the voice and then right. uh you know about uh, 25 30 feet out they turn if it's coming from behind them and they look and they usually don't see the rickshaw stage they because it's not really obvious nor would you expect it to be you know, a rickshaw stage. You don't even know what you're looking at at first. All you know is that these players are kind of ghosting by you, making their music live, elevated off the ground by about a foot and a half. And they're just silently going by making their music. And that is the magic right there. That is the thing that freezes them. It puts a smile on their face. And when they suddenly realize that it's not stopping, then they go for their iPhone to try to, you know, capture it. Yes. I could not believe how many people, I mean, we, it was just phones up, up in the air, like recording. I mean, it was, I would drive by, I was playing, I'd drive by and I'm playing, and it was like, I, I just could not believe the amount of people that were getting their phones out. It's because a lot for a lot of them, it's something that they had never seen before. It was a novel thing, but also very magical, you know? So, ah, yeah, we, I, it, let me know if you guys get back out there. I'd love to play on it again. 
Well, it is our plan to be there. And as I mentioned before, with some live streaming coming from the shows so that yeah. people get this crazy three camera view of the show in motion. Um, but uh, I, I got to ask you real quick, was was Rhoda the one that had the big TV monitor on it? Yes, uh, Rhoda has monitors on three sides. Um, so you can actually project uh, video from the stage or um, advertising or in, uh, yeah. in, in maybe the new future where I have an FM transmitter uh, linking the players on stage with somebody in the vicinity off stage. Uh, you know, the people off stage could be displayed on the monitors with a zero latency FM transmission link to the players on board, giving a cohesive audio performance. Uh, I, you know, I mean, I don't know. That'd be rad. That I don't, be rad. All I know is it's going to be very confusing for people at first. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. <laughs> it's going to be fun, and we're going to get out there and do it. Well, tell me what you got in store for what you've got in store for the spring as the flowers pop and as the summer comes on and the rest of this year? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm finishing up uh, the, the spring semester at the university teaching. I've got a lot of great students up there right now, kind of in our stretch run. Uh, we just pivoted to online uh, for the re remainder of the semester, which as a lot of institutions do, they kind of have been going back and forth between in-person and online. Then I'll have my summer break. And for those of you that can't see, I'm using air quotes because a break is relative <laughs> to I just won't be teaching college for three months. But uh, uh, but I'll be performing, which I mentioned earlier, we're back to doing music at Jay's Bistro Friday and Saturday nights uh, from 6 to 9 p.m. Got a lot of great special guests, including former uh, Pod and Rick Shaw, you know, people like Spencer's wife who played last weekend. Very he was nice. on the pod. Tom Amend was on the pod. He was yes. with me last Friday night. So we all play together. <laughs> it's great. They sounded great. It's so good to play with those guys. Of course, we got a nice baby grand at Jay's. So we try to get the pianist in there. Uh, I'm a guitarist, obviously. Um, so doing the Jay's thing and um, it's going really well. Um, you know, we're wearing masks, being safe and people are getting vaccinated. So, uh, you know, I think we're slowly getting back to some sense of normalcy. Uh, but it's kind of a new world out there. We're all kind of, I think a lot of people are having to reinvent themselves and um, kind of learn new ways to to thrive in a kind of uncertain times. But uh, what what else, Tim? I'm trying to think. Um, I, I, I'm coming into my favorite time of year. Summer is like amazing. And, and I, I enjoy playing golf in my free time. So I'll try to hit the links here and there when I have uh, a, a day off. And then the last thing is, you know, the, the album that you demoed yes. earlier on the pod, we're working on getting that released. I think it should be out by the early fall uh, and the summer will afford me some time to really work on it in terms of, uh, you know, graphic design and pressing and uh, you have to buy the rights to the songs that you cut. There's just a lot of things you got to do just to get an album released, um, pressing uh, getting it digitally distributed. So I should have time to get that accomplished over the summer and then have it released. Um, I'm hoping in the early fall. So I'm very excited about that. I'm gonna, Pandemic album. <laughs> excellent. I'm going to put the link, the YouTube link to that song. And the the thing that I really kind of love about the, uh, the YouTube link is the pictures that come with it of you guys together. Um, you know, yeah. it's just it kind of, it's really cool. It's just 
fun. Yeah, I threw a couple. It's you know, it's a demo track, so it's not going to be what it looks like when YouTube releases the official album. But I wanted people to see Hiroki and David and, and myself and just our rapport and everything. So yeah, thanks for throwing that up there, Tim. I appreciate it. We'll do it. Well, Ryan, I really appreciate you coming and telling us where you've been and where you're going. And I cannot mm -hmm. wait to find the days and the times to get you on board a rolling soundstage so you can do what you do, roll with it. Rolling um, with it, baby. Yeah, I can't wait. We'll do it again. And uh, it's really been good to talk to you. And, and let's stay in touch over the next few months here. Fantastic. Thanks, Ryan. Stay safe. And we'll talk more. Thanks for joining the Rickshaw Live podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay on our trajectory. And until you hear us again, stay safe.